Hello and welcome to week 11 of the Read Together podcast. My name is Kim Goddard and I'm an ordained elder in the Holston Conference. I currently serve as district superintendent in the New River District. Can I just say that I am so thoroughly enjoying reading through Scripture the way we do it and read together, getting a day each week of Old Testament law and history, of the Psalms and poetry, the prophets, the Gospels, and New Testament epistles. And every week it seems to me that I am reminded that the writer of Ecclesiastes got it right when they said there is nothing new under the sun. Each week, no matter what period we're, we're reading in, um, it seems that there are those common themes of joy and struggle, hope and despair, sin and repentance, restoration and healing and new life. Several of this week's readings call to mind for me a quote from one of my favorite characters on the PBS drama called The Midwife. Sister Monica Joan is an Anglican nun and a retired midwife, and her role on the show is often that of the sage elder or the wisdom keeper. She challenges me when in one of the episodes she said, The hands of the Almighty are so often found at the ends of our own arms. And we see that, I think, illustrated in several of the readings for this week in the Genesis passage. Joseph is unjustly imprisoned in Egypt. He is, of course, longing to to be released and to be restored. And his opportunity seems to come when he's able to interpret the dream of the cupbearer to Pharaoh. And the cupbearer promises, as soon as I can get out of here, I will remember you favorably to Pharaoh. And Well, of course, we know that the cupbearer was so overjoyed to be released, he forgot about Joseph, and it would be another two years before he remembered, and Joseph finally was released from prison. But the cupbearer, maybe not the best, but he became the hands of the Almighty to work to get Joseph released. Then in 1 Samuel, uh, Hannah longs for and prays for a child, and she promises that if God will give her this child, that, that she will dedicate the child back to God and to God's calling and, and God's work. But you know, for Hannah, even after Samuel is born, it was going to be years for her before that prayer is fully answered, and Samuel is established as that respected and trusted leader in Israel. And that happened for him in part because the old priest Eli became the hands of the Almighty in helping Samuel to interpret and respond to the call of God in his life. And then in the gospel readings in Mark for this week, we see the paralytic needing desperately someone to be for him, the hands of the Almighty, who could get him to a place where he could receive the healing that he so longed for, physical healing, but also his spiritual healing. So let's look at just the first four verses of Mark chapter 2. Certainly not all the story, but the part that specifically speaks to us of those who became for the paralytic, uh, the hands of the Almighty. So Mark chapter 2, 1 through 4. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come to town. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it 
and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. I wonder what life was like for the paralytic between these two visits of Jesus to Capernaum in Mark chapter 1 and Mark 2. In Mark 1, Jesus is in town. He heals a man possessed of a demon while he's teaching in the synagogue. He goes to the home of Simon Peter and heals Simon Peter's mother-in-law. And then by the end of the day, we're told that the whole town was gathered outside the door and Jesus went out to them and was healing people left and right. I wonder what it was like for the paralyzed man the next day when someone went to his house and and was telling him everything that had happened. Oh, you should have been there. Everybody in town was there. It was an amazing thing to see. and, And Jesus just healed, it seemed, everyone who came to him. And the paralyzed man must have been thinking, well, not everybody in town was there. I wasn't. What about me? No one helped to get me there. And I wonder if he he just fell into despair, wondering if Jesus would ever be back to town again. Jesus left, and he's preaching in other towns around the Sea of Galilee. Will he ever come back? Will, will this fella ever have another opportunity to, to be healed? Well, Scripture tells us that after several days, we're not sure how many, but several days later, Jesus did return, and this time things were a little bit different for the paralyzed man because there was a knocking at the door, and not just from, not just even from four people. We kind of get the idea that these were four friends who came to take their friend to Jesus, but Mark tells us that there were people who came, and four of them carried him. I think there were lots of people there that day. And they came to get the paralyzed man. And can't you just almost see the picture? They put him onto a kind of a makeshift stretcher. And two of them get at his feet and two of them get at his head and they start down the street. And I think about what his view must have been. If he's looking at the people in front of him, he sees their backs. He doesn't see their faces. And the people who are standing maybe at his head as he lies on the stretcher and looks up, he really doesn't see their faces. He sees maybe their chin and the tip of their nose, but he doesn't get a good look at them. You know what he can see very clearly? He can see their hands, their arms. He can see the knuckles getting white and the forearm muscles bulging and the sweat starting to pop out. That's what he sees. And then when they get him to the house and they can't get in, they somehow manage to get him up on the roof. Can't you just almost see them dropping him off in a corner? <laughs> and and they all run to the center of the house and they start with their bare hands clawing and tearing at the roof and ripping it apart. And you know what the paralytic man sees then? He sees their hands. He sees that they're getting bloodied and scarred and their fingernails are getting broken and it's it's messy business. But they're the means of getting him to Jesus. And because of those efforts, when they get the man lowered into the room where Jesus is, that Jesus is able to look up. And I think he just looks up into that that hole in the roof and he sees that circle of faces who are looking down to see what's going to happen next. Can't you just see Jesus smiling and seeing their faith? 
It says he looked to the man and he pronounced his sins forgiven. And then he told him to take up his mat and walk. And he did that and was able to do that. This paralytic, this healed paralytic, was able to do that because someone became for him uh, the hands of the Almighty. You know, I think I know who the people were. Of course, the paralytic isn't named, and they're not named. But you know who I think these people were? I think they were the people that Jesus healed on his first trip through town. I think they're the ones that were standing outside the home of Simon Peter when Jesus came to them, and he offered them help and hope and healing. Because it's it's my experience that people who have those fresh moments of experiencing God's power and God's presence and God's grace are the most excited to share it. Of course, they're going to search out the ones who couldn't get there. Of course, they're going to go for those who are longing to get to Jesus. The hands of the Almighty are so often found at the ends of our own arms. Oh, may that be true of each one of us. Let us pray. Gracious God, this week, we recall the first recorded words Jesus spoke in the Gospel of Mark. Now is the time. Here comes God's kingdom. Change your hearts and lives and trust the good news. Lord, change our hearts. Set us to your kingdom work. May the hands of the Almighty be also found at the ends of our own arms. In Jesus' name, amen.